And this is what relationship is really for, is to help each of us come closer to our true nature of love and unravel all of the things that get in the way of that. Welcome to the Abundant Couples Podcast. We are your hosts, Cassidy and Matt. And we're here to help you, awesome growth-minded human, create the most flourishing relationship that you know is possible. In this podcast, we'll dive deep into topics of relationship, intimacy, and lifestyle freedom. We believe that a great relationship is fuel for everything else in your life. So let's jump in and get fueled up. Welcome back. Today, we're going to be speaking about how to experience more love in your life and your relationship. And less disconnect. Mm-hmm. Basically, all of the work that we do in our relationship is for the purpose of getting rid of anything that's getting in the way of us just being together in pure love. Yeah, because that's what all of us want at the end of the day. You know, everything that we do kind of leads us back to that um, universal desire to experience, to give, to receive love. Unconditional love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you said, it's it's more of a chipping away of what gets in the way rather than trying to do something or have techniques or whatever it is. It's getting rid of the things that cause us to have that disconnect that bring us out of harmony. Um, away from our true nature. Yeah, really, when nothing else is in the way, our true nature is love. And that's what we experience when we're just totally at peace. We're not thinking anything or anyone, including ourselves, should be different than it is. In that state, we're really just experiencing the love that's always there. And it doesn't take two people to experience love. A lot of us have this idea that it's going to be another person that makes us feel love, but that love is always within us. And the more we can tap into our own wellspring of love, then the more we have to share with another and the more love we'll feel in general. Yeah, it's a great kind of circling upwards and it's, you know, No one's going to be perfect right off the bat, but it's the more you can love yourself, the more you're able to give love to another person, the more you're giving love, the easier it is to see yourself as a giver of love and easier to love yourself. So it's a nice kind of cycle up um, in that respect when you're just playing the love game. Yeah. So when you have two people coming together who are both tapped into that inner wellspring of love, then it's a beautiful synergy. A lot of times two people are coming together who are not tapped into that inner wellspring of love and they're looking for somebody else to provide that for them. But if you've got two people both looking for something that they don't have to share with the other, then that's basically a recipe for codependence. You're giving away the power to experience that love to another person when in reality, you always have that capability within yourself. Yeah, and that way of being looking outwards will just inevitably lead to disappointment because we'll never have everything going exactly according to our expectations. And uh, I'm sure we all have moments of this sometimes where we expect something 
of our partner or uh, we kind of project certain things. And so it's moving away from that way of being um, and having less and less of those moments and falling more into a, yeah, being whole and complete in yourself, coming together with another whole and complete person, just experiencing all that love has to offer. Yeah. And not thinking that your partner has to be a certain way, do certain things in order for them to love you, in order for you to love them. Um, recognizing that even when maybe something's happening that's not ideal in your relationship, that there can still be a foundation of love present at all times. And when you are able to tap into that and recognize that, then it's a lot easier to handle the kind of waves on top of mm. the ocean, right? I was just thinking about that metaphor, yeah. You yeah. That, that base, that infinite body of water. So mm -hmm. even though on the surface sometimes there's a bit of waves, you can handle the storm together. Exactly. Yeah. So some of those waves that might come up oftentimes can be our past conditioning and programming and different stories we have about how the way things should be or we should be or partners yeah, a lot of times we can, on our own, we can kind of move through life being unaware of that subconscious programming that's shaping the way that we see the world. But in a relationship, as we get closer to another person, those things start to make themselves apparent. Mm -hmm. And often for all the best reasons, even though you might not see it, it's all kind of there for our growth things that trigger us or that can rub us the wrong way often is a lesson that we need to learn. Exactly. And that's the beauty of a committed relationship is that you can create this safe container of the relationship where when things come up, when your programming comes up, when you feel triggered about something, you have this safe space with a foundation of love to be able to work through it. Yeah, and it's nothing wrong with either of the individuals or the relationship. You can link arms and see the issue for what it is as just this challenge to work through together. Yeah, I love it. Nothing wrong with the relationship. In fact, it's a gift. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this is what relationship is really for, is to help each of us come closer to our true nature of love and unravel all of the things that get in the way of that which is basically that old programming beliefs that aren't serving us yeah now it might not be the easiest thing to look at it this way especially at first so having that kind of playful dance of seeing how can we work together through that and again distance the challenge distance the the ego from us and our love and again, always coming back to that, our relationship is number one, you know, we're, we're going to set aside the notion of, of being right or whatever it is we're trying to accomplish by sticking to our way of being and realize that, okay, this comes first. So whatever it is that we're dealing with can be dealt with because we got the most important thing already aligned. You might have had the experience in relationships before where at first, things are going great, and it seems like nothing you know, can go wrong. Yeah, You're just, just top perfect of the world. Yeah, and then after a while, all of a sudden, you start 
noticing things that are wrong with your partner or how things should be different or you just start feeling old feelings of mm, not love not love yeah <laughs> dissatisfaction yeah. annoyance whatever your you know flavor flavor is, is exactly so why does that happen like what changes i heard uh dr bruce lipton talk about this once and i thought it was really great the way he explained it essentially our brain is being programmed up until about the age of seven and beyond, but especially before the age of seven, when we don't have a conscious filter, we're soaking in everything from our parents, our family, school, the media. We're really a sponge. And that's where that subconscious programming really starts becoming a part of who we are. And when we are very present and aware in this moment, that subconscious programming really isn't running us. And what happens is when we're first in a relationship, it's all new and exciting. And we've got these new feelings of love and excitement, and we're very present in the relationship. We're maybe not spending as much time together, too. It might be like smaller chunks of time. And when you're together, you're very present and there for each other. What happens over time is when you've been together a while and you start to get into a bit of a rhythm and a routine, you're spending more time together. While you're in each other's presence, you might have more moments of not being present. And when you're not present and you're not paying attention that is when that subconscious patterning shows itself. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, we're not really even aware of it when it happens because by definition, we're not present to it. Yeah. So you'll find your partner doing things and you're just like, what? That doesn't seem like you. Like, what's what's going on there? And realizing, oh, that's it's the programming, the unconscious programming coming out. And um, they don't even realize that they're doing that because yeah. they're not paying attention. And what could happen is that triggers some other unconscious programming in the other person. And that's what can lead to those moments or times or subjects of disconnect. Yeah. And all that subconscious programming and conditioning and beliefs, all of that kind of makes up what we might call the shadow. And I like what Gay and Kathleen Hendricks said in their book, Unconscious Loving. It's a great book. I'll link it in the show notes. Um, they talk about how we've got really two relationships going on. There's the relationship between us as two real people. And then there's the relationship between the shadows. So what happens when we're in the beginning, we're super present with each other. We've just got this pure relationship between these two people. But as we start to have more moments of non-presence and unawareness, then it starts to become more moments of my shadow interacting with your shadow. And to give this a little bit more of a concrete form, we'll give an example. I think we've probably given this example before, but I think it fits really well here. And that's uh, when you're working on your computer and... I used to just have a thought and just interrupt Matt, not really thinking, oh, he's in the middle of work. It's just thought comes up. I say it. And we are working together from home. So, you know, it's an easy thing to come up 
throughout the day. What happens is sometimes Matt would give me this like kind of snappy response, just, you know, nothing crazy, but a little bit impatient, definitely not his best self being present. And I used to just kind of be like, okay then. But after a while, we realized this is exactly what's happening here. When I'm interrupting you from your work, your focus is on your work in that moment. And when you're responding, you're responding from your unconscious programming because your conscious mind is focused on your work. And then you don't even know that you're responding in that way. Mm-hmm. And then I'm reacting to your unconscious programming, (laughs) even though that's not really you. And we've talked in another episode about how we overcame that and kind of what we did to combat it. Yeah, but whenever things like that come up, there's, yeah, there's really two two ways to go about it. First, um, ideally just being present enough to kind of kick that, that instinct to snap out of our unconscious habit and just return back to presence so that that doesn't become an issue. And then if ever it is in your partner, just recognizing it for what it is and being the bigger person in that moment and not snap, snap responding as well. Yeah. Not taking it personally yeah. too, right? That's what I started to recognize. Okay. Mm-hmm. When you respond to me like that, that's not you. Yep. That's your unconscious programming. Yeah. So I'm not going to take that personally. (laughs) Easier said than done. (laughs) Yeah, you don't even realize that you're responding to me in that way. So I'm not going to take it personally. And we want to make sure this doesn't happen in the future. So let's set up a system where I'm talking to you and you're being present Mm -hmm. instead of me interrupting you and you're not being present. Yep. So that we don't run into this more often. And you can also practice intercepting the unconscious programming before Mm -hmm. or as it's coming out. So there's a lot of different tools. And we're going to get into a lot of these tools in the next few episodes about really how to become aware of this unconscious programming and how to intercept it and how to handle it when it does come up. And rewire new patterns as well in the brain so that we kind of slowly shift away from that. Exactly. Or instantaneously. That's possible too. (laughs) Yeah. As with any new pattern or skill, there's four basic stages that we go through in creating the pathway to mastery. First one being unconscious incompetence, where you don't really know that you don't know. And that's, you know, that's the case for a lot of human knowledge out there. We just don't even know what we don't know. There's, there's what we know we know. There's what we know we don't know. And then there's this whole other realm of things. And it's that where we've got the biggest potential to grow. And when we're in unconscious incompetence in our relationship, when it comes to our, uh, our shadow, our programming, our beliefs, this is really where victimhood comes in, where we feel a lot of like blaming the other person for any problems that come up in our relationship because we're just not actually seeing where our programming is causing problems. Yeah. Anytime we see a problem or an issue that's really just fully 100% on ourselves and yeah. we've got to take that 100% responsibility to really have the the change and the power to do something about whatever it is we want to change. Mm -hmm. So the second stage, moving from unconscious incompetence 
you move into conscious incompetence. And this is usually the most painful stage there is because now you're aware that there's something you're doing that you're kind of messing up. Yeah, so in a relationship, this would be you are starting to be aware of your programming coming out, but you don't have the tools yet to do anything about it. You're just seeing yourself saying things that aren't coming from your best self or acting in ways that aren't aligned with your best self, but you're not sure why you're doing it and you're not sure how to change it. So like you said, Matt, this part can be painful. Mm -hmm. But But this is the most important part as well is it's the, the stage of awareness. Yeah. And it's from this stage of awareness only that we can start to actually take 100% responsibility for our part in things. And when we do that, that's what starts to lead us to the conscious competence. Yep. Now this is the practicing it hundred thousand times until it becomes more of a habit and it's it's going to take work and effort and a lot more so upfront really just with any skill that you want to learn it's it's practice 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 yeah and in your relationship this looks like a lot of saying something and then immediately after catching yourself and going okay let me try that again that wasn't my best self speaking just now. So you're gaining the competence because you're learning the skills to overcome your old programming and it still takes conscious effort to do it. So you might stumble, you might get it wrong sometimes, but the important thing is that you are aware of it and that you're practicing over and over again. And this might take weeks, months, years, even decades, a lifetime. Probably yeah. a lifetime. Yeah, there's always there's always something. more to work on. <laughs> yeah, and that's again that's the fun game. There's there's always things that were in stage one, two, three, and uh, ultimately four. Uh, if you practice long enough, that that gets you to unconscious competence, where it just becomes so natural and so habitual that you just do it without thinking. As you're moving from conscious competence to unconscious competence, you're basically catching yourself sooner and sooner as your old programming starts to play. Yeah, where it might have taken you sometimes like days to catch yourself or to kind of come back into harmony, then shift that to hours, to minutes, to seconds, to instant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah, that really is the game is how quick can you bounce back? Totally. There's a beautiful quote in the book Conscious Loving that really describes this state of unconscious competence really nicely. A co-committed relationship may look like magic, but it really is composed of tiny moments of choice, choosing to tell the truth, noticing that you are projecting and finding the courage to take responsibility, choosing to feel rather than go numb, choosing to communicate about a broken agreement, choosing to support your partner as he or she goes through a deep feeling. Ultimately, once these skills are practiced and internalized, the relationship flows effortlessly. Beautiful. So how do we become aware of that programming and start to unravel it? That is the question. We're going to cover some tools and practices that you can use in your relationship to uncover this programming and start to dismantle it all in the next few episodes. But for now, it's the first step is really the awareness, right? It's moving from the 
unconscious incompetence to the conscious incompetence. Mm-hmm. And that step of awareness is really the most important part. Yeah. So just on a day-to-day basis, whenever you're feeling those moments of disharmony or just kind of feeling a little out of the groove, start paying attention to that and try and see what's coming up and what what is the story that's going on behind this interaction mm-hmm. in, in your own thoughts and words. Yeah. Um, Gay and Kathleen Hendricks call this moment when the programming starts to show itself. They call it the moment of emergence. It's in that moment, as soon as we see our programming coming out, it's in that moment that we need to take an action or else it will slip back into our shadow and just make our shadow stronger. So what is the action that we can take? Well, first thing is just noticing, oh, that's my programming, not my true self. And then using a tool, which we'll get into in the next few episodes. And that reminds me, Phil Stutz, a really amazing psychologist and coach, he wrote the book, The Tools, which I'll also link in the show notes. He talks about that same moment, the moment that we, he calls it a glitch, the moment that we have a glitch, same thing that the Hendrixes would call the moment of emergence, noticing the glitch and turning it around. He says that is the most spiritual act that we can do. Noticing the glitch, noticing when we're not acting in total harmony with ourselves, and then using a tool to turn it around and come back into that harmony basically to come back to love. Mm -hmm. And this is where often just a a true heartfelt apology can be really, really powerful, important. Mm -hmm. I'm sure I apologize at least a few times a week. (laughs) And it's just, wait, that wasn't me. That wasn't my best self. I'm I'm really sorry that I acted that way and turned that around. Totally. Yeah. And even if it's something small and I don't even seem upset by it, or Mm -hmm. if I've if I've acted in a way that's not in alignment with my best self and you don't seem upset about it, maybe you didn't even notice it, yeah. but I know mm-hmm. that was not my best self, I'm still going to apologize yeah. for your sake and for my sake. Yeah, staying in integrity. Yeah, just to bring awareness to, okay, hold up. That wasn't me. That wasn't my best self. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Like, let's rewind. How would I have done that differently? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we'll go over in one of the next few episodes, the master framework, which is a framework that we've come up with that is basically how we handle these moments and how we move from, (laughs) yeah, how we move from glitch to apology. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll walk you through all the steps of the master framework. And of course, one of the best tools for cultivating your awareness is through practicing meditation. There's really nothing else like it out there in developing this skill. It's just your ability to quiet your mind and to consciously choose where we want to put our attention and focus. Because that that's what's going to allow you to stay in that space of love is consciously choosing, even when it's challenging, to stay in that awareness. Yeah, meditation really trains us to be able to step in between the gap that's between stimulus and response. 
There's a Viktor Frankl quote, and I probably don't know it word for word, but in the book, Man's Search for Meaning, he says something along the lines of, in between stimulus and response, there is a gap, and in that gap lies our freedom. Basically, that we have the freedom to choose every response, but only when we can become aware of our own reaction and to pause long enough to be able to choose our optimal reaction rather than unconsciously acting from our programming. Yeah. So we practice meditation, let's say outside the arena, you know, as uh, athletes practice their, their sport outside of competitions and then daily life when it, when it comes up, you know, having that awareness to, to step into that gap and, you know, maybe in that moment, it's just, it's just a breath, just take a breath to okay, come back to my best self, to awareness and, uh, use all those tools together. Next week, we'll dive more into some of these tools. But for now, if you want to start practicing some of this, if you're not already practicing meditation, I would highly recommend starting there. And through that, start to bring more awareness to when you are reacting out of habit and out of unconsciousness. And just start to notice those moments of disconnect and name them as your patterning so that you can start to distinguish between when you're acting from your true self and when you're acting from your programming. And again, this awareness might not be the most comfortable thing in the world, but that that's great. That's what it takes to grow and to move on to the, the next stages of those skills and deeper stages of love. And remember that discomfort is a reverse indicator. Doesn't mean something's wrong. It means you're on the right path. So lean into that discomfort, knowing that it's there to help you grow in love. Until next time. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating and a review and share it with the people that you care about because we can all use a little more love in our lives. Until next time.